Coming up on Man Enough. The danger of the one, you know? Yeah. And believing that there's one person for you growing up with uh, Disney movies and rom-coms and, you know, that whole lightning in the bottle. And if that's not there, then you can't build anything sustainable. With Vanessa and I, we met each other on a blind date and um, it was rocky. You know, I was married, divorced, and i never been single for a long time. So I wanted debauchery. I wanted to wake up with someone I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like do drugs and have threesomes and all the stories that we hear about. <laughs> and I didn't get far because, and so when I met Vanessa. You're welcome. Yeah, I, You're went, welcome. I was You're like welcome. DMing and shit. I was trying to get it, get in somewhere. Being man enough, what does that mean? It's really manly to mess up, admit you're wrong, and then grow. I couldn't accept that I was evil. So maybe I'm broken, but those broken things could be corrected. Intimacy between a father and a son is me just wanting to like put my head in your lap. I love you, son. You haven't called me a benevolent sexist, but my experience is women are better. Even if it's a positive, it's still not equality. I don't blame men for that. I just blame the system. This is Man Enough. Hello. I think it's my first time opening an episode. Oh my goodness. You're going to be so good. I graduated. Hello, and welcome to Man Enough. My name is Liz Plank. I'm Jamie Heath. And I'm Andy Grammer slash Justin Baldoni. <laughs> you are filling in. You're still here. I'm hanging still in. Here. You, you haven't um, run away yet. Can't we haven't, get rid of me. Yeah. I have to just say, I've said it before, I miss you, Justin. Andy is no match for Guys, you. Guys, <laughs> listen, there's Harsh. plenty of room when you get back here, Justin. We'll make room for you. I'll still be here, but we'll just scoot over a little bit. <laughs> it's been great having you, Andy. You have brought an amazing perspective, of course, Justin brings everything that he does. But your spirit and what you bring, and you care so much about these topics, um, it's been great. So, um, and you're just, we're all here really for Liz. Liz, oh. you're really the one that keeps us moving. Uh, okay. Um, no, no pressure. Um, thank you for saying that. I am here for you. Uh, whatever. Okay, we're all here for each other. We all love each other. It's very clear. Um, what are we doing here today? What are we doing? Okay, well, one of the things that I've been talking about this season is how I'm only taking advice from married men now, mm-hmm. or married people. Mm-hmm. Not right. only, but I'm trying to lean into that mm-hmm. in terms of getting dating advice. And we kind of have a really on-brand episode then because mm-hmm. we have a, a, an amazing married couple here with us. They're not just uh, married. They're both therapists. We have John Kim and Vanessa Bennett. I can't wait and to And we're talking about them like they're not here. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really, not. they're right okay. here. <laughs> so we were waiting for the right time to tell you that we're not married. You're not oh. married. She said we're only taking advice from I, here. I was like, oh, uh, that's all right. Uh-oh. Yeah, I love starting the show with a twist. Yeah, that was a twist. Yeah. Well, also, we're not therapists. We are therapists. We actually are. Of course, you but are. You live together. You wrote a book together. But you're, yes. you're not married. We have married. a baby together. We have a house together. Oh, I got you. Married. Okay, oh, well, but you're your partners. Yeah. And, we're partners. And, and, Everyone assumes we are, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I was married once, and, uh, and you know we're engaged. not opposed to it. We're you know yeah. we're just not just just not. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's ah. at least introduce who you are for yes. our listeners. Yes. So we are joined by John Kim, who is also known as the Angry Therapist. He's a writer, a speaker, a life coach, and the co-founder of the Tat Lab. And Vanessa Bennett, uh, who is not his wife, his partner, um, <laughs> is her own woman. She is an author as well. She's a holistic psychotherapist and a codependency expert. Oh my gosh, Oof. I have so many questions for you. Her therapeutic approach integrates years of study and practice in depth um, of Buddhism and yoga psychology. Mm. Uh, we are really excited that you're here joining us because you wrote a book. 
you co-wrote a, a book called It's Not Me, It's You that's full of ideas that were really excited to dig into. And we're really actually, we had like a 20 minute long conversation just about the title mm. of the book um, because it's counterintuitive. We would think the two therapists would be like, oh no, it's me, it's not you. It was kind of like a pithy way of basically talking about this is what most people come to therapy saying Got is fix my partner, change them, uh, something's right. wrong with them. Yeah. It's, it's not me, me it's the them, right? And right. the point of the book really actually, the whole crux is taking personal responsibility. It's about what can you own. You so it's kind of our funny way of I did. I was poking at that. I you got that figured out. <laughs> How long have you been married? I mean, it was real clear. That's exactly what I said. I was like, here's a book I can finally get into. Because <laughs> this chick is crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we start every episode by mm -hmm. asking one question to all of our guests. When is the last time that you didn't feel enough? Mm. Um, so I'm, I, I think in pictures. And so I'm just going to shoot you a montage. 10 years old, gluing the wheels of the model car to the wheel wheel because I couldn't figure out how to uh, put the axles on. So the car didn't roll. And there I stamped myself, not smart enough. Um, principal's office calls me down because my SAT scores were too low and I wonder if he would have done that if I wasn't Asian and in that moment I thought I'm not smart enough mm. college fraternity keeping my underwear on during the showers after hell week because everyone else had baby arms and I thought I had a small penis and it wasn't enough because I was a grower <laughs> um Yeah, and then I think today, um, God, what do I see today as being enough recently? Um, today I'm better. You know, today I stop myself. Today uh, when I see myself stamping myself with something, um, I take a pause and I uh, question it. And, mm -hmm. and I wonder if where that's coming from and if that is uh, uh, something that is true or something that has uh, been manu manufactured by mm -hmm. You know, or something that's kind of baked in by society. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm. So, the last time I felt enough or not enough? Not enough. Not enough. I don't know, an hour ago? <laughs> I mean, half joking, but not. It's a through line. It shows up all the time. Um, I mean, I've gotten a lot better. You know what you were saying about questioning mm -hmm. it. And is that true? Whose voice is that really? Yeah. Um, but... I think it's a struggle. I think it's a daily struggle. I think it can be a minute-by-minute minute struggle. Um, and if I'm not careful, it will dictate everything in my life. It'll dictate how I show up. It'll dictate how mm. I engage with people. It'll dictate who I engage with. It'll, I mean, everything. Um, and it did, I think, for a long time growing up and in my early 20s. And um, so I just have to be careful because I feel like it's kind of my shadow. It just kind of follows me around. And so I have to have a... a a very intimate relationship with it to make sure that it's not like leading the show. Mm. Beautiful. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. We certainly want to center our conversation not just on therapy. Sure. Obviously, that matters. Mm -hmm. Yep. How does it um, pertain to masculinity? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Our yeah. show is called Man Enough, and we right. want to redefine what that is. And we know that therapy, I believe, and relationships and how we walk through the world uh, plays a big part in that. So this is maybe where you can be helpful, that mm -hmm. you can help us make that that cross, you can make that connection. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you got, Liz? I mean, I think so much of the you know, sort of culture that we're in right now, this like red flag culture, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. right, it, is 
on the face of it, a great thing that we're talking more about mental health. We're talking more about what to look for on a date, you know, what, Mm -hmm. what, 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 you know, to sort of have those deeper conversations. But in that is this, you know, I got to figure out exactly who you are Mm -hmm. and figure out what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And and do you know what's wrong with you before I, you know, let myself uh, be vulnerable with you as opposed to I have to be vulnerable with you in order to get to know you. Um, Yeah. Can you sort of talk about that? I think it's, um, you know, it speaks to a lot of the topics that we've been talking about this season, which is sort of more isolation of men. And I think isolation of, of, of women, right? I mean, if you, you know, uh, take straight men uh, are isolating, then the straight women who want to partner with them are also not in connection with men that they mm-hmm. want. So how is that almost over-indexing the conversation around mental health actually making us less emotionally capable or emotionally intelligent. I've been thinking a lot about the difference, not the difference, how vulnerability has to go hand in hand with discernment. So you can't just like walk around being vulnerable all the time to everybody, right? Like I'm not going to go on a date with somebody Mm -hmm. that I meet on Tinder and be vulnerable the first or second date or maybe even the 10th date, to be quite honest. So what I think, because I'm a, I'm a big believer in how as a culture, as a society, as a people, we tend to pendulum swing a lot, right? It's how we learn even internally, personally on my journey. I swing, like Mm -hmm. I might not have any boundaries. And then once I learn to set boundaries, Mm -hmm. I'm like punching people in the face with walls. And what I talk to clients about is like, that's okay. That's actually normal because what's, what you're doing is you're embodying the feeling of both extremes Mm -hmm. so that you can then work your way into the middle and you'll know what that feels like. Right. And so I think it's similar to this. I actually think right now we've swung the pendulum a little bit into the discernment, almost to the point that it's on like that far side. And now, because we were all about vulnerability, like what, 15 years ago, like Brene Brown, it was like the hot topic. That's where I feel like. I feel like we're getting there, but we need we needed to shift before we can kind of find our way back Mm -hmm. um, to integrate those two a little bit better. Yeah. We talk about the danger of the one, you know, Yeah. and believing that there's one person for you uh, growing up with uh, Disney movies and rom-coms and you know, that whole lightning in the bottle. And if that's not there, then you can't build anything sustainable. And so with Vanessa and I, we met each other on a blind date and um, it was rocky. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our uh, the, the hairs on our neck did not go up. We didn't feel lightning. Um, uh-huh. I was ambivalent. I was trying to be uh, single on purpose. You know, I was married, divorced, and I never been single for a long time. So I wanted debauchery. I wanted to wake up with someone I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like do drugs and have threesomes and all the stories that we hear about. <laughs> and I didn't get far because, and so when I met Vanessa. You're welcome. Yeah, I, You're was, welcome. I was like You're DMing welcome. and shit. I was trying to get it, get in somewhere. And then um, this guy comes up to me uh, up to me at the gym and said, hey, John, do you like white girls? And I was like, dude, it's 2000. Like, what do you, I like all girls. He's like, I have a therapist for you. And I was like, I don't just date therapists. <laughs> and that was a friend of hers. And then when, so when we met, there was a lot of resistance, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, she didn't feel she didn't feel chosen. Wow! And so, oh, wow. Um, our relationship we're, we're five years in. It was mm-hmm. bumpy, and it wasn't the uh, the fairy tale that um, you know the whole one. And so, mm. I had to learn that the one is the one in front of you, and that's it. Mm. You're you know? choosing right yeah. now, right? Mm. Mm. But you start to wonder if there if you're not with the one, and I think that's when it gets dangerous. Well, right? I think that especially in dating, I think this misconception or this idea that we have of the one can actually be like an eject button for mm. a lot of people, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh well, all of the, like you were saying, red flags. 
all these boxes aren't checked, yes. all the lightning in a bottle is not matching up, so clearly you're not the one eject. Rather than mm -hmm. push forward, be a little vulnerable, mm -hmm. get to know somebody, right? And and see what's really on the other side of this human, right? Yeah. These two humans. And I think that, um, yeah, I mean, we pushed to the other side, but it wasn't without struggle, for wow. sure. Yeah, swimming past the breakers, we yeah. call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Swinging past the breakers? Yeah, swimming, swimming past the breakers. Oh. Not like the light switch breakers uh, yeah. on, in your house, but the, breakers the, the, in the ocean. ocean. Wow. So, um, you know, the waves, the ocean is calm, right? The waves uh, that the, 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 the people surf on, that's where it's rocky. And when you um, bring not only yourself, but... Uh, we, were, we were talking about this the other day, bringing uh, your family, your wiring, what you're used to, how you're raised, you're bringing all your that to the table. generational trauma, yeah. everything yeah. you're bringing to the table. Oh my God. And yeah. to oh swim God. past that, uh, to work through it, uh, then there's calm on the other, other side. And I think many people, because um, we coach a lot of couples, they, they don't swim past that. Yeah, yeah, they right. never get yeah. there. Mm. They start looking elsewhere. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's beautiful. All right. Well, let's jump in that question. It's not you. It's me. Yeah. Or it's me. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> it's you. Damn it. <laughs> um, why? Tell, tell us about that. We wanted to focus not only on the content of the book, but uh, uh, as two therapists, um, humanizing ourselves. Um, so instead of coming at you, we want to come with you. And I think especially with uh, self-betterment, there's, um, there's a crust, you know, and there's a lot of people with megaphones uh, on top of uh, uh, behind podiums. And so um, in order for this book to be um, something that will create a bridge, uh, we, we, we said we have to talk about our own issues mm -hmm. and let's do it in a fun way. And so I just thought, you know, pointing the finger uh, yeah. is, is, is kind of a good fun way into something more serious. And, uh, you know, it's blame. It's um, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we talk about is trying to understand before trying to be understood, mm. right? Things like that. Mm -hmm. And so um, we wanted to start off kind of fun and light and then um, go deep, which is kind of what you guys do on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys yeah. go real deep, real fast, right? Yeah. I also think, too, it was really important for us to make sure that we pulled the curtain back, like you said about talking about our issues, but on being a therapist. There's like this misconception, right, that therapists have their shit together. Um, totally. And I think also in like kind of the more older, more patriarchal way of doing therapy, it's like you have Freud and then somebody's on a couch mm -hmm. and you're a blank slate and you're not a human and you're the expert, which is why when you said codepe codependency expert, I was like, I kind of cringe now because I used to have that on my site. And I actually, I think recently took it down because I'm like struggling with this term expert because what does that even mean? Right. You know? Um, Vanessa and definitely doesn't have her shit together at all. <laughs> She's broken with issues. Well, I, 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 trust people, I actually trust people more yes, that are broken. Yeah, right? It's like that. even as therapists, I mean, I don't know your life better than you know your life. You're the expert on your life. All I'm here to do is essentially like shine a light and potentially walk beside you. But I don't know your mm. life. Mm. Any, to help facilitate. You know, more, yeah, You're exactly. More of a yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. And do you, you have anything, or are you just going like, to soak it be, all in? I'm asking. <laughs> what I want to ask is, uh, actually, I'm thinking through. Like, I don't know if you're allowed to share any of the things that you hear. Are you allowed to share trends that sure. you see? Sure. Like, you mean like dating trends? No, like trends of. Oh, so you, you guys do a lot of couples therapy. Yeah. Yes. Mm. From the male perspective, mm. what are the trends that guys are working on? Great right question. Mm. Um, I think uh, men sometimes um, go to therapy not for them but because they have to or something's mm -hmm. at stake that's and right that never works right yeah. um, or they're doing it as a favor to mm -hmm. their partner mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then when they're in the room uh, they will try to manipulate the therapist to get him or her on his side mm -hmm. you, know you find that's more than the women 
Yeah, because I, I think... Mean, I would agree. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a generalization, but I, I, I do agree because we still don't have buy-in from men embracing being proud of I don't know if the word's proud but like hey therapy is something like in the locker room championing it championing it in yeah, the locker yeah. room yeah. you know after you know doing How some was your therapy session? <laughs> right no you don't see guys chest yeah. bumping it's each starting other saying, to like, generationally hey. like the younger generation but definitely to your point it's not like mainstream yeah, we're yet. not we're not there yet so in couples usually they're there because um they have to be or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like she's given them an ultimatum yeah. I get that a lot Tough people reaching out it's wow. real it's almost impossible it's almost impossible yeah, yeah. I, for the first time, got into therapy almost two years ago now, mm-hmm. the pandemic. But I had to be, like, beaten to a pulp. Yeah. To be, well, like, I would say I that that's the thing. Most men All the way destroyed, yeah. like, on the floor, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's the only way I was going in. Because right. I don't know why. I guess stigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, guess, you're less of a man. But if you'd asked you, me, yeah. like, do, do you think you should do therapy? I'd be like, totally, yeah. I should do therapy. But I'm, I didn't. Right. So then I had to be like. Right destroyed before I could go in. Right. Mm. But do, do you talk to your guy friends about therapy? I do. Oh, maybe yeah. you do. I mean, like Justin is very open about therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. And, and That's rare. That's I don't it know. It is about, extremely yeah. rare. You know, for me, what I appreciate about what you guys are doing and just like this topic, I think that men in general, mm-hmm. obviously, as mm-hmm. you're saying, don't do this. For me in my life, I won't go through the whole thing, but why I love it so much is when my life finally started changing and turning around and giving to my community and I say my community, like all all around, mm-hmm. um, is when I finally decided I have some broken parts. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm broken mm-hmm. as a person, like I you know dispose of me. Right. But I have some stuff. Yeah. Right. I have trauma when I was a kid. I have when we're young, we we don't always discuss everything, especially boys. Mm-hmm. Then we put with our little brains, we put the pieces together. We don't always put them together correctly. Right. And then we start living that way. I yeah. got married at 18. Wow. Ended up leaving uh, that marriage when I was just shy of 22, yeah. blamed her, mm-hmm. it was all her. Yeah, That's yeah. why I love your title, it's <laughs> yeah. not me, it's you. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Took that into my next relationships, because mm-hmm. I didn't do it, because yeah. it was all her. Yeah. Even though my dad told me to spend 100% of my time on the 10% that maybe I did wrong. Right. Oh, okay. He was like, it's probably, <laughs> he's like, you're probably 50% of it, yeah. if not 80%, but even if you think you're only 10%, spend 100% of your time on mm-hmm. that 10. Mm-hmm. Love that. Then I got married again, mm-hmm. blew up that marriage, mm-hmm. was married seven years due to a lot of trauma in my life prior, not due to, due to my own choices. Yeah. But in order to fix it and be better, I had to deal with stuff in my life. Mm. And I couldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. I had Wait, how old were you at this point? The second? 30, I got married at 31. Okay, you're still 30, young. Still I'm 52 young. now, right? Yeah. So 37, 38, right. here I am, unfaithful. I didn't change my life until I actually was in therapy. Yeah. Started going to 12-step programs, which is mm-hmm. also a form of therapy. It didn't mm-hmm. necessarily just have to be like you go see a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Even though that's you one form of it. But really what it is is that you have support yeah. and discussing and not as a man thinking I got to figure this out and I'm weak if I admit it. So mm-hmm. I do believe that therapy, of course, women, I think, I always say that I think women are doing some things better than men. I think often maybe because women talk about stuff more mm-hmm. than men do. As we're examining masculinity, mm-hmm. how important it is for men to embrace this so that we can be better humans, we can be better in our lives, we can have better relations with our children. And, yeah. um, you know, so I'm grateful that you guys have committed your lives to this. Um, what say you to anything I said other than like, oh shit, say, you've been married three times and you're old? No, that's <laughs> what I was thinking at all. I was thinking what a lovely trajectory actually that that is because I was thinking how sad it is that... You know, it's not a biological thing that women talk about things more, right? We've we've socialized boys to not talk. We've mm. socialized boys. You don't boys. think it's biological at all? No. Not a little bit. No. I don't. 
I don't actually. Um, I mean, I'd love to see the research that proves me wrong, but I don't. I think that I would say 99%, I won't say 100, um, is how boys are socialized. Um, and, you know, to be cut off from their emotional self, to be cut off from their feminine, to be cut off from, um, you know, themselves, which you need that in order to actually verbalize what's going on for you in an emotional way, right? And women, it's the opposite. We're praised, we're pushed towards that, you know? I shouldn't say 0% bio biology only because as I'm saying that I'm thinking about friends of mine who have little ones, toddlers, and, and noticing how little boys are more physical in the way that they take in their environment. So like toddler boys are mm -hmm. like, they're jumping off things, they're throwing things, they're pushing each other. And girls tend to be a little bit more like they watch, they observe, they talk. So there is some biology to it, but I would venture to say it's way smaller than mm. I think yeah. we think it is. Um, I would say it's a lot more on the socializing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of data that shows that you know until the age of seven or eight, boys and girls are are their boys brains actually, are identical. They're, basically, they're identical, and their behaviors are very yeah. similar yeah. In, in the sense of boys actually have like deeper friendships yep. and more mm -hmm. friends than girls. But yep. then something happens, right. right? As they go into teenagehood, which by um, the way, not to interrupt you, is exactly about the same time they say women girls start to have body image issues. Yes. six seven years old. Yes, there's something about that age where all of the shit the program they've been hearing 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 there's a click that happens in both mm -hmm. genders mm -hmm. where boys start to lose that you know lose touch with yeah. their emotion whatever and then girls start to have a lot of these like image mm. issues yeah you're listening to the mad enough podcast we'll be right back all right welcome back to the mad enough podcast i know for me it was like what has been really helpful therapy is not is like attacking the all or nothing thinking yes mm. which is what stopped me from getting into it to begin with right which doesn't even like reach my brain it's just somewhere deep inside which is mm -hmm. i'm either good or i'm bad oh, <laughs> and, sound like me. and right yeah. now at least no one else knows that i'm bad so yeah. let's just keep this thing going right. you know what i mean until some you know for me the, the pandemic just rocked me i'm like all right, i'm bad yeah. uh, something yeah. is bad i'm not all bad but something here is bad let's like get into therapy and that was been that's been really helpful. Yeah. yeah. And codependency is because someone treated me bad, I'm bad, right? That was a big uh, and still a learning for me to separate the way that mm. um, again, it's that being tethered to yourself and connected mm -hmm. to yourself and who you are, right? You don't cause uh, you know, another person's behavior, you experience another person's behavior. Mm -hmm. And I think, code, yeah, unlocking codependency mm. is like, that's why I'm like, it was like, oh my God, I have Game so many changer. questions. Cause I think it's, um, and you know, for people who are listening who can't afford therapy, cause that's most Americans, frankly, mm -hmm. um, and, and people around the, 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 the world um, is, is, you know, there are 12 step programs for codependency, yep. CODA, mm -hmm. even yep. Al-Anon, yep. you know, yep. there's just a 12 step program for people who are related to alcoholics or in relationship with alcoholics. All of that is, is free, you know, group therapy yeah. That, yeah. that gives you access to yeah. that. Um, I would say, though, too, don't go to Al-Anon only if you've got somebody in your life that's got a drug exactly. or alcohol problem. Exactly. We're all codependent. Yes. So we could all stand to go to Al-Anon. 100%. <laughs> Just my belief. Yes. Vanessa has a really great definition. Uh, it's so simple yeah. and uh, so potent uh, on codependency. But I just want to say real quick before, um, you know, whenever I talk about men stuff, um, as I'm, you know, as we were talking about men not going to couples or blaming and all that kind of stuff, it's interesting because I have one foot into um, become you know because of therapist and my character arc and um, I love sensitive men I love men who are vulnerable and then I have my other foot in motorcycles CrossFit in the locker room mm -hmm. so I, I know those dudes too right. right and these it's a little oil and water but whenever we talk about what men aren't doing there's a protective side of me that wants to stick up for these men mm. because tell us I, I just because I feel like 
there's a lot of men right now who are um, trying, but maybe they're not going to therapy, but they are uh, scared or they're dealing with things and they don't have uh, the practice or the tracks to express themselves. Those muscles are weak. Maybe they were raised by an iron fist or whatever. And so it's easy to point fingers and say, well, you're not vulnerable. You don't go to therapy, you, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it could be a blanket statement. I just want to be careful because the world that we live in today, it's so like this or that, right? It's yeah. so the, the cancel culture thing, you know? Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. So we I had don't know. a thought yeah. on one of the earlier podcasts that. that has stayed with me, which is that I just think, I have immense faith in men. So do I. Yeah. Like so, immense. Yeah. So I'm a man. I feel cool. <laughs> I know what I'm capable of. <laughs> yeah. And I, even if we're mm -hmm. lacking in a certain area right now, mm -hmm. in many areas, the current world, men are, I think, uh, underperforming in many areas. But that doesn't mean that we can't get better at it and do it better. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a situation that, we've, that we're in. You know, we had somebody on that was talking about how um, if you look at like college enrollment and you look at valedictorians, that men are like dragging in a lot of areas. And I just think that the way that men respond over a long period of time, I'm very excited for what the mm -hmm. new man mm -hmm. that responds to this difficulty mm -hmm. becomes. Yeah. And I would second what you're saying, which is I, I know a lot of men that are really trying and I love yeah. these men. Yeah. I, th I think all men right now need a hand, not a finger. Yeah, you know, I'm and so yeah. Agreed. I and love that. You're doing little, you're doing that yeah. in terms of changing the way that you approach therapy, right? You I mean, are. you the, you know, we had Esther Perel talk about how therapy is feminized and mm -hmm. and and or mm -hmm. you know again whatever feminine means, where you go into an uh, an office and there's a little Kleenex right. box and <laughs> right. a little right. little right. couch and right. you're staring straight at this. You know, very often a woman because yeah. most therapists are women, yep. and men. You know, it, uh, in my book, I talk about how like it could be therapy packs, right? Like almost right. like mm -hmm. a workout pack. There's mm -hmm. a a lot of men don't want to go into therapy because they they think I'm going to be there forever. Whereas if you're like, okay, here's a 10 pack on body image. Mm. And we're going to, you know, talk about body image. It's going to cost you this amount of money mm -hmm. and it'll be over after 10. And and again, side to side therapy. And anyway, you you roll up with a motorcycle yeah. to some of these therapy sessions. I wonder if you can talk about how yeah. differently we can approach therapy um, for men. My whole yeah. story started with the divorce. You know, I was 35, broke, uh, divorce, had nothing. And in therapy school, it was, um, first of all, no minorities. No men, mostly uh, middle-aged women and me, and I felt very alone. And then when I became a therapist, you know, I thought the dream was to kind of be like Dr. Drew, right? The wrinkle-free pants and the coffee and the nondescript <laughs> office, the silver balls. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't he does a lot more than that. But um, I grew up listening to Love Lion. That was always. And then when I started doing that, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I want T-shirt jeans. And so um, I called myself a coach because I started doing things yeah. that therapists weren't supposed to do. I started on Tumblr blogging. I called myself the therapist because I was angry because I was miserable. And I said, hey, meet me at the park. Yeah. Um, there was a lake in Silver Lake here in Los Angeles, and it's 50 minutes exactly. I said, meet me at the lake. And so I started making house calls. I started driving my house. And uh, I noticed that people loved it. And, and the lake thing, they were like, wow, you're going to just sit and we're going to walk and talk? This is so right. weird. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, casual over clinical works and you know what uh, and then social media started uh, growing and I was like people are more interested in who you are instead of the letters after your name that's right and that's when I was like you know what when I'm um, doing the clinical stuff the way that you should do what I was taught in therapy school I felt like uh, Clark Kent pushing a mail cart and then when I started to do these other things like social media I mean at the coffee shop and I'll, I'll roll up you know on my bike um, I felt like I had a cape mm. and so I just started yeah. listening to that and I was still broke, and I still listened to that, listening to that, and then what evolved was um, 
you know, the stuff that I'm doing now. So it, it was, um, wow. yeah, it was really good. So that's the way, one of the ways you are actually reaching men maybe in a different way than another because of that. Yeah, attitude. yeah, because I don't think men will meet you in the therapy room. Or, or not I mean, always. not, not I always. Yeah, yeah. but they'll meet you at the CrossFit box, or, or you know, they'll do. If I said, Jamie, let's go for a walk 100%. around the lake and yeah. just shoot the shit, that may be more attractive than uh, meet me in Suite Two Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like you said, Make sure I validate box. your parking, and then you know. And that then, makes so much sense. I've yeah. done that myself because I've been very vocal about my life um, and screwing up and yeah. how I had to put myself back together and the, the work that I had done. I can't list how many people have reached out to me. To say, oh, can we talk about some stuff I'm going through? Sure. Mm-hmm. You had said you went through it. And we end up just going to coffee, come to the house, go swimming, do whatever it is. And we're having, I'm no therapist, but we're having conversations and they are getting some sort of therapy you're, you're that no, they wouldn't have right. had yeah. You're not a therapist, but that process is very therapeutic. therapeutic. Exactly right. Yeah. And they wouldn't have come and actually seen somebody. So right. that's, I right. love that you do it that way. Now, can I just follow up with one thing? Yes. You had said um, that men, and you co-signed on this, and I love that we champion men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I also have a thought. So I have kids. Mm-hmm. And I love my kids unconditionally. But if my kid keeps making the same mistake over and over and over and going over again, at some point I say, we got to deal with this. Yeah. And I love you. And I can validate all these things about you. But we have to deal with this because this is hurting your life and it's hurting others. And we need to process this. So I feel sometimes we can coddle too much. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, and I'm really interested in what you say about this because you're actually reaching people. But I'm sensitive to the idea that, it, like, when we deal with sexism, like, I don't have space for men to be like, yeah, but Not it's, all, you know, like, okay, we need to show up better. Mm-hmm. I feel you, I understand you, you, you've got some stuff to work through and I'll meet you there, but enough already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to step up and be better in, 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 the, in, in our actions yeah. towards liberating women. When it comes to racism and there's white fragility, mm-hmm. and I understand it. I, I get that you're not there yet, but you got to fucking get there now because there are people that. dying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. There are people dying while you're saying, so I get it, mm-hmm. but men, I think, have to be, we have to hold each other as men. Sure, accountable. A saying. bit more accountable yeah. and with a little bit more of like, I got you, I know that you're like slacking up, Andy, but it's time to show up now. Yeah. How do we do that mm. while also having grace? Thank you for bringing, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, really can you answer point. him? Because I need to buy some time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, here, look, I think this is an interesting way. We'll get, we'll get vulnerable. We actually, a couple weeks ago, we had a little bit of a... Um, wasn't an argument, but we definitely had a little heated exchange where there was that article going around within the kind of therapy world that was a synopsis of a greater research study that was saying 60, I think it was 62% of people on dating apps are, are men, right? right? And the article was called The Rise of Lonely Single Men. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I brought it to John and I was like, this is really interesting. I've seen a few therapists now, like my kind of Instagram therapists that have talked about it. It's kind of gotten, you know, it's getting traction. And then I said, I was telling him, I said something about you know, there's this other research that I've seen that shows that um, men live longer when they're in partnership. 
and women actually do not. Women are shown to, to t- like live shorter. I've learned that from you. Yep. And and granted, now the research I don't think talks about whether it's a good or bad relationship. But the bottom line is, um, again, society men do tend to live longer. Partnered women actually tend to be happier when they're single. And they tend to live longer when they're single. Do with our shit. Well, we're not taking care of somebody else other than ourselves, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? right? And On potentially our children. Ourselves. Yes. Right. And so I was bringing this up, and and John got upset. I got upset because and, what and I what I took away from that, and I know that's not what she meant, was you need us. No, opposite. Oh yeah, you, you. meaning men. Yeah. yeah. So women, basically, he said. So you're women. saying that many women, women don't need men, and I was like, well, I mean, I'm just talking about the research. <laughs> yeah. You and I kind of was facts, like, right, I was just right, giving you facts. Right. And then later on that day, there was a little bit of a tiff, and he said something, and I I kind of looked at him and I went, Are you? all men not all menning me right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it kind of got a little heated because i think to his point he he can get a little um for good reason like i want to defend these men that i know are good men the protection of these guys Mm. that can't because i I, I agree what you're saying you got to make people accountable and yet i'm with you on the like at what point do we just say as a white person yeah I am fully capable of saying sometimes white people are the fucking problems. Like, mm-hmm. step up mm-hmm. and be better. Do better. Be an ally. You know, mm-hmm. get out there. Do your work. I have very low tolerance for white fragility. Mm-hmm. And I feel similar when it comes to the conversation around men, men and women. Like, if you were really established in your sense of self, you would say, I know not all men, mm-hmm. but I'm an, I'm an ally and I'm out here. So, I don't know. It's I a, it's a, I, I agree with both, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a really hard conversation. I posted a while ago... Um, non-negotiable no beige underwear right as part of a longer post but but, but it's basically my opinion <laughs> on women wearing beige under- underwear right holy shit so i don't read a lot of my comments i got all these calls they're like dude you're gonna get you're about to get canceled yeah and i went and there were hundreds of furious women yep. saying you don't tell me what kind yeah. of under and I, I got it it was a post that i copied and pasted from like five years ago which got just a lot of laughs right okay. mm-hmm. and so the temperature right now is you can't say things. And I understood. And I was like, you know, I, I get it now. Yeah, you're right. Once I say you should as or a man, you're yep. done. Right. So I get it. That, that even though it's my opinion, I can't tell any woman what kind of what underwear is sexy or not sexy or what to wear or what not to wear. And um, the reason I'm sharing their story is because I just think there's, there's, you know, as a therapist and someone as a, as a, that's championing men, I also got, <laughs> I got schooled. You know, yeah. and it was just a simple post about beige underwear, mm. and I'm and I'm thinking, okay, well, if that's me, and I got you know 300 people throwing eggs at me, um, God, what some of these other men who may have done things like this with without thinking, or maybe are not there yet emotionally, are getting their legs chopped off, and yeah. so I there's felt no very, room for grace. I think there's in no that, in there's that no there's no yeah, grace, compassion. There's no emotional speed bump. It is zero to sixty. Like you're either in or you're you know it's like you're God or you're the devil. You know, yeah. super fast right now. I hear that. Yeah. I also yeah. think that, uh, that. What, it, what it, just hearing you tell that story, the word men, just saying men, if it was like currently men, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, is there a way to acknowledge that right now it is not working? Yeah. As opposed to blanket true statement forever that like m- women don't need men. Right, right. Yeah, I think right, we're right. not at our highest 
thing right now. Right. I mean, but, but the thing is, also, that's the best. Yeah. And she didn't say women right? didn't need men. That's yeah. not well, what you said. But, but also, for the yeah. longest time, like women needed men. Right. And, right. and that's right. and this is the part that's like right. we want to have compassion for everybody. We want to, but it's also there is a power dynamic yes. and 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 it and a one that's been around for a very long time. And you know, we were talking about this in another episode. T- to me, it's just like. It's women had to be liked by men. Mm-hmm. That's why we mm-hmm. wear beige underwear, by the way. It's for you because the beige underwear allows us to not show our underwear under certain clothes. Like that's why we wear right. like, There's a reason for it. Which is the mm-hmm. funny part of that. But yeah. but I think that women always had to be like liked by men. And so we figured you out. We know mm-hmm. everything about what you like. And we cater to to, mm-hmm. to what you like. Our entire society caters to to male, you know, a well, taste like. in, in many ways. Yeah. And for once now, men have to be likable like men have to be liked because yeah. show up women with yeah mm-hmm. like a lot of women not all women hashtag but women don't need men in the same way and so it's and and I wish that I feel like men and tell me if I'm you know t- like this bad it out but men respond well to being to like self-discipline self-discipline is one mm-hmm. of the core I think um characteristics of divine masculinity, of what's right. sacred and masculinity. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that when that self-discipline comes from us, yeah. or, or when that request for self-discipline comes from a woman, you don't necessarily want to hear it hear as it. well. And when it comes from a guy, that's different. And I think that that's, that's what I would like more men to be doing, mm. because it doesn't even work when we do it. Right? Like, so, so, and, and also it's more labor, more of our life being chopped off because we're trying to, you know, discipline someone who maybe it needs to be self disciplined on their own. And so, yeah, I guess Ooh, I would like to see so well that like self improvement, right? We, there's so much, so many books about self improvement for men to have a certain body, to earn a certain income, mm-hmm. to, yeah. and it's like, sure. why not uh, that kind of, uh, rigor when it comes to being a great partner and, and being, you great know, someone that women and, love mm-hmm. and like. We don't put weight on that. You know, we right. put weight on the scoreboard and, and, and money and power and what you drive. And that's why I think it's important to um, have conversations in logger rooms, you know, be the Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. And when you're riding with your motorcycle friends, hey, you know, um, what's going on as in like what's coming up for you or uh, things that How's are kind of deeper. How's your relationship yeah. with yourself? Yeah, They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Well, I just noticed, man, you seem kind of down today, which, what, you know, whatever. Like, the, if, we, if we can start having those conversations, um, then we'll start to put the chips on that. And then, it, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, over time. But I think it's going to um, take men, and you're right, make, make men accountable, um, that if you're there and if you've gone through some kind of hero's journey, then you need to lead by example. So if you've gone somewhere and come back and you have some revelations, don't keep that inside. Share it with your friends, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. your guy friends, and do the walk and talk. And I think that's what creates momentum. And by the way, you just blew my mind when you said women wear beige underwear for you. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And I was just thinking, yeah, we know it's everything. Oh, shit. But we, but we do. Yeah, everything we do. I, I, everything I, I got do. chills and I felt like a piece of shit because I, <laughs> I, I, I uh, <laughs> no, I, in that moment, I felt so much compassion, even yeah. just making yeah, eye yeah. contact. Like I had, because the whole, point of that post was that beige underwear wasn't sexy which is you know my judgment and me saying you need to be sexier Mm. and she's like no we're doing it for you so you don't see the and i was like oh shit oh (laughs) Oh, shit so yeah gosh i I apologize to anyone who i love that you were already apologizing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you had that i didn't know that uh but but again man therapist 49 human Mm -hmm. but also ignorance so, so when she just told me that, I felt, I felt ignorant. The, the thing know? of like, 
we do everything for you mm-hmm. and the, the two of you locking eyes and going yeah, like yeah. we get it yeah and witnessing guys everything. we don't yeah <laughs> we don't we don't and so to me i'm like oh man it sounds hard and we're in a tough spot but like it's a continuum that we're on here we're all yeah. going to be growing and so this new season of men we will have to and that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is good news. Mm-hmm. There's been like like you said, like we we needed you. We had to we had to like you for these reasons. And now we're in a position where there's a lot of you that don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will cause us to change because we really like you. Yeah, and we want you. Yeah. So Thank we need you. to like. I guess we've just had like kind of a. It's been a, a raw deal. Mm. Yeah, mm. I don't I don't believe that. You don't believe what? No, I mean I believe it. I don't disagree with you. I don't think you're. A raw deal for women. We've been get. We've been skating. Yeah, yeah. No, no. When you say that we like you, so we're gonna have to show up, you, and, dude. And we'll arrive. You don't think we'll show up? I. You think we're just gonna continue down and never like, no. figure it out. But you know, if we un- unless we're deliberate about it, yeah, we will. We'll just keep going down. It's like racism for me, right? Yeah. People say, "Well, we're getting better," and I'm like, "Okay, show me. Don't point to me a president and say things are better." Let me show you the real life. Yeah. <clears throat> Unless you start doing something different, Andy, every day, and I use you as a name, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then it's the same. Don't yeah. just tell me, we're going to get better one day. In the meantime, we're suffering. Yeah. Where is the proof? Yeah. I don't mean with just the good guys. Yeah. The good guys aren't going to change everything. It has to be everybody. men in general, everybody, yeah. holding each other accountable. So I love what you're doing. I love that you're holding grace and space. But for me, if I got a basketball team and I got my best player, mm-hmm. and it, and he has all this capacity, but he's not showing up. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, dude, you're my best player. You got to get more rebounds. Yeah. We're gonna lose until you arrive and 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 be what you are were created to be, noble and amazing and wonderful and champion. And then we'll start winning. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm gonna coach him. I'm yeah. not gonna be like, oh, dude, you know what? We're gonna get there one day. No, you are the best player on this team. Damn it, show up. Mm-hmm. We have to. That's what we have to do with men. I love. Yes, men are wonderful. Well, let's hold it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but so Jamie, I, we need both. You know, if we were the Avengers, um, I would have my gifts and you would have yours. So I would be the glove and you would be the hammer. Or, or you know, <laughs> all what I'm right, like, I love that. Like yeah. we, we do need both. We need um, the the forty eight box of crayons. We don't just okay. go with the par- primary mm-hmm. colors of men because if everyone is one way, then again that becomes a stereotype, right? So um, I agree with you. I agree. So I. I it's, a yes it's, it's, it's both. So it's, it's not oil and water. You but know what I'm saying? Love, yeah. I love that point because I and I don't know if you relate to this, to, to this, but in so many of my relationships with men, I stayed for the potential. Oh, like God, I yeah. saw right. it, yeah. and it destroyed me but to stay when I he didn't see the potential. He didn't see it, right. or he didn't do it right. right. Like, right. and and I guess I I like that you're admitting that that maybe you see it in your guy friends too. That it's not just women right. being dissatisfied or women having too high expectations and whatever right it's it's like there are so and and it comes back to what you're saying too which is there's so much potential that's just not being reached right it's not that men are bad men are so good but they're not reaching their full potential as human beings and Mm. it's hurting everybody so um that's a great way in so if jamie was to come to me and say hey this is where you're falling short you have to quote unquote man up that would flip the magnet for me right i wouldn't return his calls but if if he says (laughs) he says to me Dude, I see something in yes. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes. see this potential, and I don't want to mm-hmm. waste that potential. And because it's coming from love, I'm gonna push you, man, as a brother. I'm gonna push yeah. you in this, and I'm gonna call yes. you out. Agreed. I yes. would, I would respect that. that. I would respond to that. And that's why, for men, it's so hard to hear that from a woman. 
but if it comes from other men, right, it they respond to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I mean, I think women should also be a part of the conversation, but um, we're tired. Yeah, you we're guys tired. are tired. We want to pass the baton. We're tired. Yeah. yeah, and not all men. I know there's yeah, a yeah. lot of us doing good stuff. Yeah. I mean, Andy, you're an amazing husband and father, and you care about this stuff. You are. <laughs> Andy's angry. And so I was using you as a thing. You no, you really are. You yeah. try hard. When I shout out to one of my best friends, Juan, who his wife Akia. I, I don't. I cannot think of a man. Your best husband ever. That honors his wife more than this mm. dude does. Mm. Yeah. And um and it's apparent all of his friends see it. Yeah. Oh, you're getting emotional and that's making me emotional. Yeah, because it's like, God, how do I be like you? Yeah. How do other men, because you see his boys that are reflecting how he is, he is so good to her. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine he loves Can her you imagine and yeah. we play ball and 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 I say to you, How did you honor your wife this week? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I've never even heard that. Yeah, you would you would be like, what the fuck? You would laugh mm-hmm. at me. You know what I'm saying? Well, he wouldn't, but you. I would but, 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 but you like, know what? Even the men that you would think that laugh, if you asked that, I think they'd be yeah, like, what? Oh, and you're like, yeah. no, really? Yeah. Like, are you, you joking? Wife? What are you talking about? And they right. like, no, no. Tell me one of the ways you operate. I think they'd engage mm. because we want to. We so do want to be good to your point. We want to show up. But if you're doing it with ridicule, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. I think going back to what John, I think, is saying, right, is. And this goes with anybody, not just men, women, it doesn't matter. If you approach anybody with shame and ridicule, they get defensive, they shut down, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. shame, you can't learn in shame. You can't integrate when you're in shame, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do think what we have done, this is a pendulum swing again, this whole idea of like cancel culture. Yeah, men are, women are pissed, women are exhausted, women are over it. Of course. for all the amazing things it's done, the feminist movement also taught us that in order to be liked, we had to be more like men. And we're also pissed about that because we don't want to be more like men, right? So there's a lot of like deprogramming that we're doing. And I think there's a lot of rage and anger, which makes sense and is a very normal response. But I think what's happening is because of that, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of blame and finger pointing and all of yeah. this stuff. And bottom line, doesn't matter who you are, you don't learn yeah. when you're being shamed. Yeah. So how do we figure out, it's that yes and that we were saying earlier. How do we come and say, okay, I wanna hold you accountable, but also do it in a way that isn't shaming. Right. That yeah. is like you said, I see something in you. Yeah. Let's try to foster that, which by the way, that person then has the ability to say, no, thank you. Mm. No, and you got to be cool with that. Sure. You right, be cool your eyes yeah, got yeah. big. Somebody has the ability to say no, thank <laughs> yeah. you. And then what do you do with that? Okay, right. it's not my life. Right. Mm. I'm not there yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? As yeah. the as the bona fide codependent over here, yeah, that is one of the things about codependency that's really hard. Yes. This is Alanon 101. Yeah. If my partner or my child or my parent, let's say there actually is a drug addiction, it is their life. They get to choose. And if their choice is to literally die. I have to work on me and work on like, I can only do so much and then I've got to give it to God. It's not my life. But, I'm sorry. I know, I know, it's fucking hard. If I see a person beating up another person and hurting their body Mm -hmm. or his body, Mm -hmm. another person to another person, I'm going to get the dude off. Yeah, so am I. I'm not going to say, hey man, this is not good, such and such, it's your life. And they would go, no, thank you. Is if if your actions are hurting somebody, sure. yeah. I'm gonna be like, it's time to get off. Sure. So if but, I'm talking to men and they're like, no, thank you, yeah. but their actions are hurting society and hurting our life, I'm gonna be like, okay, I'm not just gonna back off. 
Well, you can say, well, I won't be friends with you. Yeah, right? But what are you going to do? And you can't I will hang out with them. You. I know. I haven't figured that you part out. You want to. But Trust I think me. that well, that's what would affect them probably, right? If, right? if it's a friend and you say, well, I, I'm not going to grab a beer with you every Tuesday. Yeah, and, like, I can't you're do this anymore. Whatever. There's like a tipping point where you go from giving to taking. And so if someone says, hey, I'm not there yet. I don't want your advice. And if you try to continue to do it now, I think you're taking instead of giving. Mm. You're now grabbing instead of holding. And so that's when it could turn around and now um, it could be, without even realizing it, kind of self-centered. Mm. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's right. the biggest. Even so though your heart's in the right place. A lot of the codependency that, yeah, yeah, yeah. work is I around that, this. right? Yeah. It's that line. It's yeah. that line of like, where does it become yeah. caretaking yeah. versus caregiving? Yeah, that makes sense. And one is about me and one is about them. Wait, say that again. Okay, so caregiving, like if I'm a caregiver, sure. it's about you. Right, I'm doing things for you most likely that you can't do for yourself or that I just thoroughly enjoy doing because I like making you happy. Caretaking is that when we step over that line and it's actually now about me because I like to be in control. I like it when things are going well. I like it when people aren't upset or mm-hmm. angry and so I'm going to control the situation. Like it becomes about me mm-hmm. even though I'm doing good things, air quotes, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually not about you. Wow. There's somebody in one of my classes actually coined it. It's the difference between empathy and mepathy and I was like, I love that. I'm going to use it. Really because there is a line when yeah. it tips over and somebody can say, "But I do all of these things." Right. But who are you really doing it for? Uh. Yeah. I truly believe we're all codependent. I mean, to a certain extent, we are dependent creatures, right? Like we need other beings to survive. We're social beings. That makes sense. But this idea of codependency, we're raised in a codependent society. I mean, we are led to believe that love is codependency. I can't live without you. You complete me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I just want to be around you all the time. My life becomes your life. Like we're not our own separate beings. Codependency really is just simply this. If you're good, I'm good. If you're not good, I'm not good. Mm -hmm. That's it. My emotional state is based on somebody else's emotional state. It's based outside of myself. My sense of self, my sense of worth is based outside of myself. Right? Right? Now, that could be romantic. That could be children. That could be parents. It doesn't matter who it is. Work. It's hard with family. I'll give you my hand, not my life. Yeah. You know? Mm. I love that. Mm. Yeah. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. Jamie, when you said um, honoring your woman, I, uh, I, it was a cold shower for me. I ended up checking myself a little bit, and uh, um, I wrote a poem for her. And today in the car, I was like, okay, should I post this? Should I give it to her? And I was like, oh, I'm going to be on Man Enough. Oh I wonder God. if I should oh, read it. Oh I'm sweating goodness. all of a sudden. 1,000%. <laughs> 1,000%. It's, it's not a blog post. It's just a short poem. It's, yeah, it's, uh, please, please. And... Um, just to lay the tracks, and I said it before to, to to plant the seed. One of the things that one of the themes of our relationship is um, she doesn't feel chosen, and um, I don't feel desired. And so, because of that theme, there's been you know um, fights and conflict and all that drift. And what's interesting is they go hand in hand in that the more chosen she feels, of course she's gonna um, make me feel more desired. Right. The more desired I feel, right. the more chosen she's going right. to feel. But if both of our faucets are off, mm-hmm. right, those magnets are going to flip. And so today, after a sweaty workout, I was like, man, when's the last time I wrote Vanessa something? Because my love language is words of affirmation, but I haven't done shit, mm. you know? And it, we joke, like, if I her, her love language is acts of service. So, like, if I wrote her name in the sky, she'd be like, would you pay for that? It's true. You know? <laughs> I would. So I'm like, oh, that's sweet, but that probably costs a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like you yeah, and I are the same thing. You got to swim past like, the breakers, Jamie. You got to swim past them. Yeah, beauty in the contrast. Um, <laughs> you do the dishes, and I'm like, oh, take off So I wrote this, and I, and I thought, um, why don't you show yourself a little bit? And so I wrote this, and I thought maybe Love if it. I can share it. Please. Uh, I'm not going to get on. I'm really not gonna, hot right now. <laughs> I'm not going to get on the knees, so don't worry about it. Okay. Have you heard it yet? No, I didn't even know this was going to happen. First of all, I don't even know if it's, it's just, I don't, shouldn't okay, have said you're it you're building poem. it up. You're yeah, building yeah, it up. Yeah, no. every, every, it. Everything about this is great. I choose you. <laughs> I can't the, fuck? the fuck? The okay, fuck? Okay, okay, keep going. Push through. Push I'm through. awkwardly loud. Go. Okay, That go. was it. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't land. It didn't land for her. See, this is why I don't choose her. Okay. She's not making me feel desired. <laughs> all right, shut up. Go. I, I choose you. Okay. Daily. Because my choice to choose has been soft and I tell people to love hard. I choose you because our collision is greater than my ego, than my tight grip on the tug of war rope, and of course my erections. I choose you because the world says we have many choices. Because you deserve to be chosen. Because I know that sometimes it's hard for you to choose yourself. Mm. I choose you daily. Oh, come on. That's, <laughs> a, that's a end with a kiss. Good. That is oh, it. someone's getting love tonight. <laughs> oh, is this about me or is this about you, John? No, that, that, that was a joke. That was a joke. That's a very sensitive joke because I, I do have a pattern of tying shit to stuff, mm. and then now mm. it's conditional, right? Now I like if oh, I now yeah. expect her to give me intimacy because I, I wrote her a poem. Yeah, that's not gonna make her feel safe well, or chosen. It, ruins the poem, it, right? it kind of like yeah. So uh, that was a joke. No, no, I'm not getting anything. But tonight. but no, that's no, a. No, maybe help. I mean, I, I have so many questions about like is your uh, not being desired and your not being chosen. Is that a pattern? Like, is that a deep-seated thing yes, inside yes, your? It's, it's not yes. right. You know, I, I think these beliefs that we have, obviously for everybody, it's always deep-seated. It comes from somewhere. It's yeah. usually childhood, right? And I just think, you know, for me, I was um, I was the oldest. I grew up really fast. Young mom, single mom. You know, worked to. I, I was raising my brother and sister once she had them. Um, I, you know, I was parentified, as we would say in therapy speak. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times because my mom was young, I was her kind of emotional caregiver, right, which we see happen a lot. Um, and mm. so I, I think I was doing a lot of the giving, 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 the needing of the needs, needing of the needs, meeting of the needs. Um, and so and again, this isn't to like blame my mom. I mean, she was young and she's doing the best she could. Um, but I didn't often feel like it was about me. It was who I was as a person. Like a lot of this was like, I got chosen, air quotes, the more I was like her, the more I was good in school, the more I was, you know, bringing her some kind of attention, the more I was being good, right? So, so, so. Being a lot grown of, up. Yeah, so um, a lot of that is tied to if um, I have a complaint or if we get into an argument or if I'm complaining about not feeling desired, she takes that as I'm not good enough. It immediately goes yeah. to, I'm not good enough, which I've right. worked with a lot of clients on, and I've realized this for me too, is there's so many of us, I actually really recently did a video on this, there's so many of us that equate, um, I've done something bad, again, air quotes, I've done something bad with I am bad. Yeah. Which Guilt versus shame, right? Right, and yeah. it leads to so much defensiveness and not being able to actually be accountable and have these kind of deep conversations that are vulnerable and build connection because if I'm in my shame then I'm again I'm shut down I can't hear feedback right we just talked about this um and I for me I mean I like dissociate I'm like not in my body 
I'm just like not even here. Um, and so what I've realized too is that John and I, yes, this stuff comes from before I ever met him, but I know this is bigger than us only because I know that we come into each other's lives. This is everybody for reasons like we're mirrors for each other. Right. And if I choose to look at John, not because he's purposely pushing that button, but actually rather as the mirror to continue to allow me to understand that part of me deeper and continue to heal it because it keeps coming up, Mm -hmm. then that is bigger than us. That is bigger than me. Right. Rather than, oh, he's just a jerk that keeps pushing that button. No, that's not really what it is. I know Mm -hmm. him better than that. Mm -hmm. You know? I could take that to all the discussion we had before just for men. Right. Like, I've done something bad. I know, it's not that so I So I am bad. Not that I am bad. Right. We've done we collectively have done some things bad. Mm-hmm. There's got to be the middle ground where you are able to take accountability, which mm-hmm. a lot of us are not willing to take, so then sometimes it needs to be blasted through kind of like what yeah. you're saying, Jamie. But I just want to like for guys listening that there's a higher version of masculinity mm-hmm. that, that that they do need, yeah. that women desperately need. Yeah, yeah. this is Everybody why for needs. men the you don't therapy... want to feel worthless. You don't yeah. want to feel never needed. Right. No. We're just at a season where our skill set is not solid at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but this is why for men the therapy room feels like the principal's office. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. So, so once they're in therapy, they did something bad. They're not right. enough. All that right. stuff. Yeah. And the not being desired Ooh, sure. is a thing, you know, at you, I want to touch on something you said, which was like, if you unload the dishwasher, then I'm ready. Or what did you take say? Take off your pants. It, yeah. I'll, I'll, like, take, right. So a lot of, <laughs> I mean, it's, but it's true. Yeah. It, it's literally true. Right. Yeah. Like I don't get turned on. I mean, I really don't like maybe, I mean, it's maybe some women do, but like a motorcycle, not to, I think your motorcycle is <laughs> like, no great. It's not why I ride, but, okay, but I, yeah. but I, I look at, you know, yeah. I've seen online dating profiles yeah. right, and right, I right. see a lot of motorcycles, a lot of fish, uh, and motorcycles. straight man. Yes. A lot of, <laughs> yes. and, and I go, Oh, okay. And and again, this might be a cool thing for or or be for attractive for for someone. I'm not like dismissing that, but I but I think that there are so many things that are actually really hot mm-hmm. and really attractive that mm-hmm. put women in the mood, sure. and and that again, hmm. it, it's not the stuff that you're told by other men and by society, yeah. right? It's not quote unquote masculine, but right. like yeah, if the the apartment is cleaned, right. and you like got me my favorite appetizer, oh, and you remember my favorite flower, like yeah. you know, and 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 you ask me how my day is, and you're like, are your needs being met? Is there anything like that? Or, or like, ask you a follow-up question. Or ask yeah. me a follow-up question. That's I am like, it's easy. You won't have to. You, I will, you know. Yeah. And so I think there's that disconnect. I, I think sex is a, you know, I, I'm not a, th- a sex therapist in any means. But, like, I, I think that there's a lot of sex therapists who are talking about this gap that can happen in, in relationships where a lot of men don't feel desired. And they think that there's something, right, like, mm-hmm. wrong with them. And, and it's inherent and it's fixed. But some of this is, you know, Sure. The P word, the patriarchy. You know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So true. Well, and also, you know, pornography. The other, well, the other P word. The other P word. The other P word. The other P word. Yeah. Which is, you know, born out of. I, I think the you know, there's there's connections sure. there, right? Sure. So yeah, what's your advice actually for, or maybe you can speak to that yeah. for for you know couples and sex and that disconnect. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to take the easy way out as a therapist and be like, you guys should be talking about this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but you should. Um, and I say that as somebody who we have a hard time talking about it. I mean, even us. Um, you know, talking about the patriarchy, I think that's also a season that him and I are in right now. And, you know, he'll half jokingly say, like, I got to be with 2.0 version of you, which is awesome. But the, but the negative or the downfall for him is that if it was the 1.0 version, 
I was having sex with you because I it was what I was supposed to do for the partnership, not necessarily because I, I wanted to. I would have gotten more sex. He would have gotten more sex. With the like jokingly. Version of I'm, okay. I'm joking. He's but, totally joking. No, no, but, but I hear the But point. there's a part of you know me I mean? that, especially if I'm going through patches of not feeling desire, right. oh, you all woke now. So you could draw boundaries and you're healthy, yeah. but where does that leave me? Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It is selfish, but there's that know, part I love of it. Sure, yeah. but yes. we'll all um, talk about this. And then where does had... that leave me? Well, uh, in the bathroom with pornography and coconut oil. Yeah. Right? Man, I wonder what it would have been like to be with you 10 years ago. Yeah. Because then you're now, you know, having sex on command and, yep. you know, doing things because you felt like you have to. Yeah. And at the end of the day, of course, I don't want that. No, no. of course. But, but this is like a big thing for us right now because yeah. I think that, you know, it's – Especially as a woman, I have a daughter. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old now. That has totally changed, obviously, how I look yes. at showing up as a woman in this world. And I am, like, I'm really in this space of, like, reclaiming my sexuality because for women, sex is not ours. Our sexuality yeah. is not ours, yeah. right? Never sex was. is in mm-hmm. service of everybody but us. Mm-hmm. Society, mm-hmm. men, everybody but us. You know, we don't even get to own our own pleasure. Yeah. And wow. I'm taking that back, you know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. unfortunately for John, <laughs> I know, no, right? Sometimes um, that means uh, that it's honor. like, it's yeah. like, no. I mean, it, right now I'm kind of like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. And um, I also, again, to reiterate, have a two and a half year old. So for a lot right. of times, I'm I really love, fucking tired. <laughs> I love that you guys, two things. One is that you guys are able to talk about this. Yeah, I know. Together in a room. We, we have and, to or and, we're hypocritical. Right. It's, it's so it it's, it's so it's, good. It's, it's so hard, sweet yeah. to witness yeah. that you're comfortable, obviously in your private lives, but publicly to, yeah. be able to do it and demonstrate that to others that it's okay to do it. Oh, wait, uh, is this record being recorded? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, real quick story: My wife left for the weekend. Mm-hmm. She went on a woman's retreat. She was gone three days. No me, no kids. Mm-hmm. She came home. Did my best to uh, hold hold the fort down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She came back. And we have a healthy, intimate life. Yeah. But when she came home, our intimacy for that night, mm. I'm just trying to be PG. <laughs> Did she jump your bones? Yeah. Was the sweetest, most yeah. incredible yeah. connection yeah. we've had in, in five years yeah. and we, wow. so, or six years. And yeah. Well, because she got time to and herself. Exactly. And, she got to reset. Wasn't, she she got, wasn't taking care of it. Exactly. And you were taking care and of it. I was yes. doing And that is what she made She trusted that yes. you were taking care of and it. And that's oh what was sexy to her. And yes. that's what made me so desirable. And she couldn't keep her hands off yes. of me mm. in a ways when other times I didn't feel desired. You know, when, I mean, I have this similar thing. Yeah. There are certainly um, that stuff where like, ah, do you even desire me? And mm-hmm. yeah, now we've got two kids back to back. And and I, I think she would relate to a lot of what you were mm-hmm. saying. I will say, not that you need this from me, but um, the five-year mark is like the, you know. <laughs> oh, you're two and a half. You got another two and a half years. Oh, for kids? <laughs> okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And then like, oh. it's like, oh, okay. Now, um, mm. but uh, but what I what I saw and I don't want to say, like, I want to send her again because, like, it's selfish. <laughs> no, but you can t- hold down the fort when she's there. Yeah, you know you that, still right? do that. Yeah, no, of course, of course. But you see, like, oh, this is, right, right. This is how right. it works, ultimately, yeah. what you yeah. were speaking yes. about. You know, yeah. those and, things are really what... And it's funny because, like, I, same, I mean, I, I was, uh, like, almost all women objectified and, and turned into a sexual being before I was a sexual being yeah. when I was still a, a child. But it's, it's really, like, gross. Our society is pretty fucked. Um, when it comes to that, true. and so, and but actually, when I feel the most respected yes. by a man is when I can be 
fully sure. sexually, uh, you know, evolved in ways actually like I didn't even know I, I, I had. And, and my sex drive will be exponentially higher yes. when I feel super, super like revered and respected right. and honored. Yeah. And so it doesn't go right. It, one doesn't. Um, you know, take away from the, the other, right? People will think, well, asking for consent and like all of this stuff is not sexy. And, and, and but no, it, it's like being equal and being respectful mm-hmm. of women. It's, it's a turn on. Yeah, it's it a is. turn on. And you know, I'll, I'll say, so one of my girlfriends, she's my, my, my podcast co-host, my best friend. She's like obsessed. She's actually writing a book right now about masculine and feminine dynamics, right? And how it plays, cause she's also a therapist. Right. So she works with couples through this lens of kind of balancing the masculine and feminine in both people, right? And how important that is. And she would say, right, that masculine energy, obviously we both have both, right? And if we're talking heteronormatively here, uh, the masculine shows up as containing, as safe, as respectful, Mm -hmm. as protective, as the equalizer, I've got this, Mm -hmm. stable, right? When the masculine is healthy, the feminine is allowed because it feels safe enough to be fully embodied. When that masculine is actually more in what we would say the wounded masculine, which is what patriarchy is, Mm -hmm. grabbing, controlling, demeaning, Mm -hmm. iron fist, Mm -hmm. me, 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 right? The feminine swings into the unhealthy feminine, which tends to be um, martyr, victim, needy, um, you know, vindictive, finger pointy, you know, frigid, all these terms. And so we're kind of talking to each other from these spaces of like wounded masculine and wounded feminine and then not understanding why no one's getting laid. Yeah. (laughs) You know, to kind of joke about it. But it's like if we're actually able to say, no, 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 as a man, we'll just say that as a man, if I can really dip into what this healthy masculine is, my woman, again, heteronormative, my woman is going to feel free to yeah. step into that healthy feminine, feminine. and our sex is going to be like you guys had that night, which is going to be connected mm. and amazing and alive because she felt held and contained and safe yeah. and you got this. Yeah. That's all we need. We want to know that somebody else has got this so that we don't have to be running around in our hyper-masculine state doing, 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 controlling, 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 I got this, all the mental load, mm-hmm. are the kids safe, what's going on? That's very masculine. Mm. We don't feel sexual when we're running around in our masculine yeah. headspace. There's nothing sexy about that for right. us. If you can take that shit from us, whew, the mm. freedom and the space that that gives us is amazing. Yeah, That's Ooh. foreplay, so, baby. So I'm, I'm just sliding. I feel like I'm about a soapbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that is so, so, so true. Yeah. yeah. So well said. And yeah. it's like, it just is, is what this podcast is all about. People getting laid. Yeah. No, it's really, it's, wow. it's about. Cars getting keyed. Sorry, Justin, you were here. We changed, the, we changed the podcast. No, no, I love it. Rapid fire. Something that you love about him. Something I love about him? Rapid um, fire. I love how he's a mad scientist. He's like always thinking out of the box. Something that, um, by the way, she's wine glass, I'm shot glass, so rapid fire for her might be a few senses. Yeah, that's all right. That was rapid fire. <laughs> that was rapid fire. That's good. That's Something good. that, um, that's a no, struggle sorry. for you about him that he's a mad scientist and that he doesn't read directions <laughs> and uh, go, go, go. Like, I love it and it makes me insane at the same time. Yeah. All right, can I ask that, one? Uh, yeah. the most useful tip you can give about being in a relationship? Mm. Um, Ooh. The most, God, that's so hard. The most useful tip. Uh, most practical. The most practical. Um, 
going back to what you said about, uh, I don't know exactly how you said it, but it's this idea of like the yes and. It's this idea of not holding absolute truths, um, continually asking like what else could be true, Hmm. right? I mean, I think that that's in relationships, but also just in life. Like as a therapist, I would say that's one of the biggest kind of uh, indications of, of emotional IQ is actually to be able to say like two opposing truths can be true, true at the same time. You yeah. couldn't pull from something from the book, huh? Oh, sorry. I <laughs> think I wrote that. In the book and I think I wrote that. Okay. No, I really do believe that. I think I this idea that. of like what else could be true yeah. Yeah. could help all yeah. of us in all of our relationships. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. deep. That is deep. It applies to everything. Yeah. That really I mean, is. Yeah. If you can honestly embrace that, what else could be true? Yeah. Mm. That allows for you to be. Um, less committed to whatever you thought. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns the dial from judgment to curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Can you tell us something that you love about her? Fuck. Mm-hmm. Rapid fire. Her story. Mm. I love her story. I love who she was, what she went through, and who she is now, uh, and how she's evolving. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you something that's a struggle. I'm going to leave it at that. Leave it at that. <laughs> He's um, more likely to get some tonight if you leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. I just want to be held. Okay, how do you yeah. know you've met a, not the one, but a right person? Ooh. Like someone that you want to ask. Yes, that you can. How do you know you're, you should be investing? Or not should, could. Yeah. And you, you know, for me, I think the misconception is that that is a constant. It comes in moments, mm-hmm. you know, um, the moment when she texts you something and it proves that she was listening. Mm-hmm. The moment when you're doing nothing with your partner and realize this is what I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. the moment you see someone uh, treat your child a certain way or you come home and, and the, the cars wash it. I think it comes in the moments, you know, it's like the gold is sprinkled throughout the rainbow, not and the uh, pot at the end. Right. And I think we're all chasing this giant pot and it's in the day to day. It's in the moments when someone buys you a donut or holds your leg or says something yeah. Yeah. or reads you a poem on a very popular podcast. <laughs> um, in these moments, the, That's great. you collect the you collect the coins, you yeah. know, and you're like, fuck, this is, this is, I'm at the right place and we're meant to be, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Justin, uh, uh, did I call you Justin? You did. So I've mean. done it! We've done it! Oh my God. Yes! You got into subconscious. Can we, can we end our episodes with two things? Yes. yes. Um, I know you have a song. I think we're talking about stuff that is um, sweet and emotional. Um, I can play a song. Can you play a song for us? Do we have the guitar here? I'll get it. This fits. This was written during therapy. Hold on, Andy. (laughs) Look, you magically got a guitar. Hey! Hey! Um, I think it's appropriate because you you write songs that are about the heart Mm. and joy and growth and things of that nature. And now that we've had you on, thank you so much. And we'll close out properly, of course, saying goodbye to you and thanking you. But maybe we can have something from you that. So this is an unreleased song that I wrote during therapy, and is very much what you guys are all about. And what I, the the only thing that I'll say too is like you ask like, me and my wife always say, who would you want to start an emotional business with? I like that. (laughs) Someone that would like show up and do do work with you on mm-hmm. something, but beautiful and sweet and incredible. Yeah. But you can count on. Oh wow. You know. um, okay, this is called humanity. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think I'm ugly, but I don't think I'm fine. I am against the use of Photoshop, except on my under eyes. My hair is graying here on the sides, and I have not dyed it yet, but it's definitely crossed my mind. I want to be, want to want to be the kind of brave and courageous soul who could not care less what you think of me at all. But I know I'm not, no, I know I'm not, that truth is I'm not even close. I'm insecure like everyone else I know. But would you still, still love me if I let it go and showed you my humanity? Would you still, still want me if I didn't try to hide on my humanity? And I got an ego that I'm working through. For a while I thought I didn't, but it turns out that I do. And I got addictions, I tried to fix them myself. Could have sworn I was invincible, turns out I need some help. Yo, I want to be, want to want to be the kind of brave and courageous soul. Who could not care less what you think of me at all But I know I'm not, no I know I'm not That truth is I'm not even close I'm insecure like everyone else I know Would you still, still love me If I let it go and showed you my humanity Would you still still want me if I didn't try to hide all my humanity and let it show ooh, ooh. if I let it show <laughs> goodness you're good I mean on brand? Justin oh, can't do that. Yes. Justin Baldona, you can't do that. <laughs> Dude. It has been lovely to see you oh, so basically. Um, mm. You know, we all need we, this book and this idea of actually sharing yourselves is like such a sweet idea. Thank you f f from all of us for doing this. Thank you for having us. I think part of the fear of getting into therapy is like what it'll look like, mm -hmm. what it'll feel like, what's yeah. it going to be. And so to watch you both just be so open and share and be silly, but then like totally serious, a little bit pissed. And like, <laughs> it's a real gift to everyone. So thank you for this. Yeah, it's been really you. sweet. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. thank you for showing all the parts too. I think it's so refreshing. Mm. Um, how, just the honesty. And I think, um, yeah, anyone would be like, oh my God, two therapists, they write a book together. Their, right. my, their life was like, I will never be able to achieve that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think so much of, uh, again, just being in a successful relationship is understanding that there is no perfect relationship. Right. Um, so I, I yeah. thank you for modeling that. Yeah. Model it so, so well. As we um, close out, I would like to ask you both a question. Yes. Mm -hmm. What does it mean for you to be mad enough? Oh. What does it mean to be mad enough? 
I feel like you should answer that one first. Um, I think that our stories is the most valuable thing we'll ever own. And so I think man enough uh, needs to accept your story. Mm. There's a tipping point where you not only accept, but you embrace and then you share. And when you start to share, your story becomes bigger than you. Mm. Um, and yeah, and so I think that uh, man enough to me is, is not about what you can do. Um, but if you share your story, uh, um, and, and that is whether it's your song or who you are, your jokes or you know whatever, um, there's that tipping point. And when you get to that tipping point and then you no longer uh, make it about you, you become a catalyst, you become um, you know from a stone to a prism. And I think that to me is, is uh, very manly. <laughs> yeah. Man enough. Dope. Yeah, getting out of your own way. Mm, thank you. How about for you? What does it mean to be man enough? Oh man, that's such a big question. I mean, the f what's coming up, I guess, is um, for some reason the phrase, because I was trying not to think while you were talking, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm like be present with your answer. Mm -hmm. And the phrase that's coming up almost without thinking about it is do it anyway. Mm. And what I'm, loves that. what I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. I, you love that. I hum loudly. Yeah, I decided. Are you a therapist? <laughs> <laughs> it's a therapist, Tom. You'll notice, John. Mm, we do that a lot. Do mm. it anyway. <laughs> um, I think what my kind of unconscious is bringing up, or what my psyche is trying to communicate, is really this idea of be scared and do it anyway. Don't know the answer and do it anyway. Mm. Don't know what's on the other side and do it anyway potentially look stupid, do it anyway, right? Like it's mm -hmm. this do it anyway. Um, that for me, I think is coming up around being man enough. I love that. I love that. Uh, That's good. Uh, do it anyway. It's really do it anyway. Good. Oh, <laughs> oh great man. Talk to you. Well, yeah. let us tell you on behalf of Justin, who's not here, <laughs> myself, Andy and Liz, um, I think we all know that you are both enough. Oh, thank you. Um, and represent um, your own brand, our brand, I think the world's brand, really incredibly well. Mm -hmm. And you were chosen and desired. Chosen <laughs> and desired. Yeah, I was both. add that <laughs> to our. That's right. Yeah. We desired you to be on the show. Yep. And we chose and you. And we chose yeah. you. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Um, let's close this out. Liz, you want to? Hey, oh, you want to see if Andy. Andy knows how to close this out? Let's see, Andy. Oh my God, I'm an old, old friend at this point. All right, let's see. So. Thank you for listening to Man Enough. We've had incredible guests. And you can catch all of our stuff where I look like someone named Justin Baldoni mm -hmm. at uh, manenough.com slash podcast. Wow. <laughs> Knocked it I out of the park. You can find top. us on Spotify and Apple and all those places, Wherever Instagram, all those things. Come follow us, subscribe YouTube. if you like what you heard. And we'll be back next week with uh, another episode. And we hope you enjoyed this amazing conversation with um, the angry therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much anymore. <laughs> uh, you're also known as that, but clearly not. Um, John and Vanessa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for, you having, us. for having us. And uh, we'll see you next time. I'm Jamie Heath. I'm Melissa Plank. I'm Andy Grammer. And this is Men Enough. Men Enough. Man Enough. That was good. That was good. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Man Enough podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble in partnership with Cadence 13, an Odyssey company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. 
Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Maholtra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Anna Saufeld from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kayla Nicholson is our producer, Ashmi Elizabeth Dang is head of marketing, and Susie Landers O'Connell is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.